Christmas and happy holidays to all our fellow craft beer drinkers out there. And welcome to Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome, man. It's Christmas time. It's a week away. That's right. Pumped. I know. So. I know. Awesome. Awesome, man. It's kind of feeling a little bit like Christmas, right? With all the the cold weather and snow has come in. I, I'm assuming you got some snow up in the Seattle area. Uh, yeah, we did like a week and a half ago um, oh. or a week ago. Um, then we've had some light, just super light dustings that don't stick around at all. Oh, but, wow. Uh, yeah, it's been really cold, though, which isn't normal, you know, for our winters. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's It's been really cold here in the Boise area. In fact, we had... A couple st- snow hit us last week, and really, you know, I don't know. It was kind of some some rough going. Right now, we still have all of our roads are well, not all of them, but most of the back roads, especially, are all iced over because we had some snow on Friday. We had snow Thursday night that uh, dropped, you know, a few inches, and then uh, in the th- through the morning we had another half inch or inch that fell, and then it froze and turned everything to ice. So, it, I mean, pretty crazy. And it's been, it hasn't warmed up much at all over the weekend even. In fact, it was, when I got up this morning, it was minus four. Uh, just Ooh. a solid minus four without the wind. Without the wind blowing, minus four. And that's that's pretty damn cold. If you know what, you know, that's that's cold. Yeah, it hasn't been that cold here, thankfully. Okay. Um, okay. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Christmas because for the first time the boys are kind of understanding what's going on so they're really excited oh good so that's making me even more excited <laughs> excellent excellent well it is christmas time and 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 the end of the end of the year so that's what the show is going to be all about but before we get into the show i know we have a few new listeners to the show because we've got some new likes on our facebook page and some new downloads so for all of our new listeners out there that might be trying us for the first time uh, let's, let's tell you what the show is all about. The Tap the Craft podcast is an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer and, of course, helping people along in their craft beer journey. And, and the weather. And the weather. Every, we try to give a good <laughs> weather report because it's important. We don't want you you know, getting yourself in trouble out there. Yeah, just in case you needed to know what was going on for the last two weeks. <laughs> Oh yeah, but uh, you are you are listening to episode sixty three. We were recording on Sunday, December eighteenth, two thousand sixteen, and in this episode, we will be discussing the Tap to Craft John and Denny's top ten beers of two thousand and sixteen. Yes, you're going to have ten beers from each of us that we think that you guys should go out there and try that we really enjoyed and, and actually think that are our best beers of 2016 and we also have quite a few listeners who have submitted their top five lists of 2016 so you're going to hear 
from a lot of different listeners from around the country on what beers that they found were the best of 2016. So it's very, very heavy beer talk, at least, you know, maybe some new beers to everyone. I know on the list from our listeners, I have a few beers that I've never heard of that now have piqued my interest. I need to go find when I'm traveling. And we have a couple articles, too, that we'll just throw in for good measure. And, you know, John and I, we like to, you know, banter back and forth. Don't worry. I'm sure there'll be plenty of that to go around, too. But before we get into the meat of the show, let's share what is in our glasses tonight. So, John, what are you drinking? Yeah, so when we had Wes on and we did the Chimay tasting, I got a lot of flack for... Mm -hmm. The, the lack of uh, Trappist ales that I I drank. Um, so I I have you know a couple in the fridge and I'm cracking one tonight, and that's the Rochefort Six. Oh, nice! So my first time with this beer. Okay, so uh, what do you think of it so far? I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, you know, I grabbed it because like this will be a nice you know kind of sipper to end the the weekend and. Um, yeah, it's going down a little faster. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> really wanted it to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very, very good. And you know, for seven and a half percent, you know, it masks that completely. Goes down real smooth. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. That the both the six and the eight, and uh, those beers just are. I don't know. They just are so drinkable and and even though they do have a little bit of alcohol in them man they just taste fantastic and are just so i don't know i I keep using the word delicate but they have a delicate flavor profile that yeah but i have the eight in the fridge as well okay yeah the eight is fantastic yeah do that one you know what after the six just go grab that eight and drink that one too oh yeah yeah Yeah, and let me know how it is (laughs) (laughs) so what are you drinking tonight all right, well, I was uh, going through the store today, and I saw that there was a new beer, a winter warmer, that I hadn't had before. And I said, why not grab this beer, and I'll drink it on the show with John. I need to warm up because it's freaking cold. So I picked up the Crooked Fence Brewing here in the, in the Boise, in the you know, Idaho, Boise area. And this is their Camber Winter Warmer. And uh, it's 7% alcohol, 30 IBUs. It's a 22-ounce bottle, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not very impressed with it. So this one doesn't get a very good rating. It is, I can drink it. It's not undrinkable, but it tends to be a little bit too sweet for me. So, uh, sorry, sorry, Crooked Fence. This one's not, not, a, not a good one. Not, not for me at least. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't always. You can't always get winners in every bottle you crack open, so there's got to be a loser in there somewhere. But on the plus side, it's seven percent, so by the end of it, you know. I know. I'm hoping should be, should yeah. be feeling good at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be slipping and slurring my words here pretty soon because I'm probably going to stop, you know, halfway through the show and go get another beer because I need something that you know to end the night off strong. So maybe I'll get a Jubilee just to finish strong. There you go. Yeah. All right, John. Well, you know what? Neither of us did anything noteworthy that we want to talk about, you know, as far as beer uh, events or anything. So we're going to skip that this week and go right into our noteworthy beers. And, John, let me know and let our listeners know what new and noteworthy beers that you want to share. 
Yeah, so since we last recorded, I actually did go to Ohio. Um, oh. It didn't do any like real beer-specific things, um, so I didn't really have anything to talk about. But uh, I did get my hands on this year's Great Lakes Christmas Ale. Okay. Um, which was absolutely delicious, uh, as always. Uh, they just nailed the spice level perfectly um, in that beer. Uh, you get everything you want out of it, but it doesn't... It's not overbearing. It doesn't, you know, stick on your tongue and then you can't get rid of it. And um, it's just a really well put together beer. So if you're in the Midwest, maybe Ohio, I'm not sure what their distribution footprint is, but uh, definitely pick some up because it's it's delicious and a great, great beer for this time of year. Okay. Uh, So my next one is uh, actually one of my Advent beers. And that's the uh, Dogfish Head uh, Beer for Breakfast. Okay. Um, which was a nice um, smoky uh, beer, which I wasn't expecting, um, but it's made with scrapple. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but it's, it's like, kind is, of a, Is it a hash or something? Like uh, a potato yeah, hash? Kind of, um, but it's just like all the charred up, ends of meat that's been like you know cooked and and all that but i I, when i read that on the bottle i kind of gave kristen a little side eye because i was like "Uh, really (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know but uh it actually it came together um really well and uh just like a little hint of smoke in the back um was was really nice um so I, I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, so why did they call it beer for breakfast? Who eats like beef ends, charred, charred beef ends with smoke for breakfast? Well, it, it also, uh, so yeah, I guess I left out. It also had um, like coffee notes and, and like it was done with coffee and, and syrup. Uh, wow. So it's kind of like pulling together, you know, kind of a diner breakfast type oh, okay. experience okay. Um, in a stout. So, uh, but yeah, it was really nice. Um, and you know, that for as much as was going on in the beer, like it didn't clash, nothing dominated, you know, it, it just really played well together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, if you can, if you can find it and you're willing to take a chance on a coffee smoked beer, <laughs> um, I say go for it. Okay. So. Did, now how did, I know, Kristen doesn't like smoky beers. Did she try it? And what are, what are her thoughts? Uh, no, she didn't try this one. Okay. Um, I uh, I actually this was the beer that I had the day we were flying um, back to Ohio, and I had the um, the morning off, and I actually had it pretty much for breakfast at like ten in the morning. Oh, uh, before we left, <laughs> so <laughs> it worked out. But she was out doing other things at the time, so. Okay. Yeah, you didn't want her knowing you were drinking beer at 10 a.m. in the morning before your flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so my last one uh, came to my life uh, when I had a, lay- a layover and then a two-and-a-half-hour delay trying to get back to Seattle. Oh. Um, and that's the Revolution Brewing Antihero uh, IPA. Um. Which was very nice, very well put together, um, and you know, I, it, 
this beer may, may have gotten a, a slight bump from, uh, you know, the circumstances that, you know, it was a good beer that um, was helping me with my, my travel troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, nice citrus in this. Uh, and the, the bitterness was really clean, um, uh, which was really nice. So uh, I enjoyed that one. I have no idea where you can get that beer um, throughout, but you can look for the tap handle, which kind of, kind of just looks like the Hulk's fist. Oh, um, so it's, it's easy to spot if you are somewhere and they have it. Uh, so, okay. I, but I enjoyed that one too. Oh, good. So Good. Now, now, um, there was one beer you had yesterday and I commented on untapped. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. Was it Citra? But the Cit- Citra Ass Down. Yeah, yeah, Citra Ass Down. Now, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't even remember what you rated it, but I see a name of a beer like that, and I've got to have it because, man, that's an awesome name. So with that Citra Ass, Citra Ass Down, was that a decent beer or not so good, just a good name? Yeah, it was. I actually gave it a four. Oh. Um, a double IPA. That's nice. Um, and that's uh, it's from Against the Grain uh, Brewery. Um, which we've talked about, uh, their artwork on their cans and stuff before. Cause they have like the brown note Brown. Yeah. Where the artwork is the, the guy with his, uh, stained, you know, tidy whiteies. Um, <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. On can, that's so. right. That's right. But yeah, th- no, this beer was, was good. Um, and, uh, thanks to friend Amanda for bringing it back for me, even though we do get their stuff here from time to time, but not with consistency, at least that I've found, but. Where, where are they out of? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's a hard one to get a beer. I didn't even know Kentucky made beer. Yeah, yeah, it's out of Louisville, but she bought it in Oklahoma. So okay. Um, yeah, Oklahoma yeah. lifted their ban on uh, alcohol. High, you know, low, only only low alcohol beer now, right? So they can sell bigger stuff. Uh, sure. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma was one of the ones that limited to three, uh, 3.2% or whatever, 3.4% or whatever it was. Gotcha. They, they lifted it this year. Nice. Yeah. Way so, to go, Oklahoma. And, that, and that's how you. she was able to get that beer in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can now sell it. Excellent. All right. Yeah. So what are your uh, new and noteworthies for this week? All right, I had a few. I didn't drink very many new beers. I, I kind of stuck with my wall sale. You know, after last episode, my wife was so wonderful. She picked up two different six-packs of wall sale. And I've been drinking that and my Jubilee. So I have been pounding down the regulars right now. But I did have a few noteworthy ones I want to talk about. And the first one is a beer that if I, honestly, if I didn't, already have my top 10 list this would have been on my top 10 list this this beer is it blew my socks off i was shocked i'm I'm building it up you guys are gonna you know asking what's what's the name of what's the name of it this this beer is from california from moreland moreland's brewing uh and it's called the dragoons dry irish stout and i'll tell you what this is i've had a lot of irish stouts and i enjoy that style it is different than the american stout uh, but it's it it it's you know they're good. I like I like a good dry Irish stout. This one is incredible. 
I mean, the flavor was spot on. It had the dryness. It had the, the roastiness, but it wasn't all in your face roasty. It just had a nice little, uh, you know, character of that roastiness. And it just was was absolutely fantastic. I gave it a five cap rating. Uh, and I, I recommend it. Anyone who wants to, who either likes dry Irish stouts or wants to try the style, if you can find this beer, go get it and you will not be disappointed. And John, I don't, Remember if I looked and saw if you've had this beer before. Have you ever had No, this? I haven't. I haven't had anything from Moylan's. So. Oh, nothing? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. They they make some they, they've started distributing here in the Boise area. I think a year ago, they, for a year now they've been bringing their stuff in and I've had everything they've brought in and they they aren't I mean, they're no joke. These this brewery is really good. I I really enjoy it. So hopefully they'll they'll make their way up north a little bit further and get into your area because uh you, you need to try their beers they make some good good stuff yeah uh, yeah i don't think i've i've had them i don't don't know well according to the website they do come to washington so. oh okay well wonder if it's draft only or something i'm just not seeing it i don't know okay well keep an eye out it and dragoons driver stout is one you gotta try for sure i mean but again all their stuff i don't think there's been one beer i've had that hasn't been really good so you can you're not going to lose if you have any of their stuff. All right. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. All right. And then the second beer, you know, I'm following suit with you, John. You know, last show, we, you know, I asked you, hey, should I really hold off on this Sierra Nevada's barrel-aged Bigfoot Body Wine 2015 batch? And, you, you know, you kind of convinced me that, hey, right now it's good. Uh, I don't, you know, you don't know if it's going to be good later. But right now it's good. I pop it open. You weren't joking. That beer is fantastic. I really, right. really enjoyed that beer. The the hop flavor, uh, incredible. Especially for being aged. I was shocked, like you were, for being aged for so long. Uh, it really has a really good and flavorful hop presence in it. And uh, now I'm sad that I didn't. You know, I, well, I need to pick up 2016 for sure when it comes out because I don't <laughs> want to miss out on another, you know, miss, miss out on it. But it's, it's good. And I just wanted to reiterate to all of our listeners that now John and I both have drank this beer recently and we both give it two thumbs up. So go out and grab that if you really want to try a good barley wine. Uh, this is a great one. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't steer you wrong on that one. No, uh, no. But yeah, it's very solid yeah. right now. Yeah, for sure. Assuming it was well taken care of, yeah, I'll say. <laughs> uh, it, and it was well taken care of. I didn't, I didn't uh, slouch on it. It was, it was good. And the last beer I'm going to talk about is a yearly staple. I always try to get it every year. And this is from Anchor Brewing out of San Francisco, California. And it's their Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, our special ale of 2016. And uh, every year they release a, a, a different version of this beer, and I don't think they've gone wrong with. I think there's been one year that I wasn't very fond of the of the beer. I, I, it was like probably like four years ago. I think it was. I, I was kind of like ah, not feeling it this year. But for the most part, they really do a good job, and this beer is is really really good. Have you had this year's version yet, John, or is that maybe in your advent box for? Uh, yeah, it's possibly in there. I, okay. I have not had this year's yet. Okay. Okay. Well, then on 24th or 25th, uh, pop that sucker open and uh, enjoy because I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, hope, I hope it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Now, that's uh, my update. So, John, how about your update on our untapped competition? Yeah, so the last, like, two months or so, uh, it just kind of been stagnant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, beginning of October, I got to the 30 beer mark, you know, behind. And last week, I was back to 30 beers behind. Um, so, you know, we haven't really done anything for a while. So I was like, screw that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some work done. And I picked up 20 beers on you oh my over the last two weeks. So I'm only 10 behind okay. with, uh, you know, 13 days to go. Okay. Or so. Yeah. Yeah. 13 days. Okay. That's doable. You, you can do it. Doable. You can do it. All right. Okay. Well, you, you still have time to make your resolution. That's right. And, yeah. and uh, next year, we're going to recap... We'll, we'll give our our New Year's resolutions for 2017, as well as recap on how we did on this year, 2016, beer resolutions that we made early in the year. So, John, start preparing. Uh, I'll need to dig out from our, our archives of our show notes to find out what those resolutions were <laughs> to make sure we can uh, comment on them. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next one of the early shows next year. Definitely. Okay. All right. We did have one bit of feedback from the last show, and this came from our buddy Dustin Hoffman on Facebook. He wrote on our wall. He says, hey, guys, I took a couple weeks off from listening but got caught up tonight. When it comes to Chase's question on episode 62, he says, I totally agree with John's recommendation of the cream L to craft converters. He says that I work in a tap room and encounter many, many macro lager drinkers who want to find an easy craft style to take baby steps into good craft beer. I always recommend a light, slightly sweet cream ale. As always, keep up the good work, and I might shoot for a top, or shoot a top five list your way. Well, uh, thank you, Dustin. I'm glad that you agree with John. John, hey, uh, I guess you are the expert. You nailed it. Yeah, and I knew I liked him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a great, a great beer to to try out. So yeah, so now now we know that if we want to convert uh, macro drinkers that are just really stuck on their macro beer, then a cream ale might be the thing to do. So thank thank you, Dustin, for for reconfirming or confirming John's expertness that he knows what he's talking about. All right, if you want to be like Dustin or like any of the other listeners that we will be talking about, well, not we'll be talking with, I guess, on the top five list, uh, you can contact the show. You can contact us with comments or questions uh, through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or also on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft. And feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And now we want to take the chance to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe that you will find some more great content from the shows like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. 
And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpaFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. Of course, Brew Buzz segment is always devoted to various beer-related topics. And this week, we are going to discuss the Tap the Craft Top 10 Beers of 2016. Yes, Top 10 from John and a Top 10 from me. We're going to start from the bottom of our list, what we rated number 10 beer of 2016. And I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to name the first beer in our list is the Big Gruesome. And this is a chocolate peanut butter chocolate peanut butter stout from Springhouse Brewing from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, this stout uh, actually blew me away. I was, I'd have had a number of peanut butter beers. And to be honest with you, a few of them uh, are pretty good. And most of them are just so-so. But guess what? This beer blew my socks off. It had some great chocolate flavor, and the peanut butter finish was just fantastic. So uh, I had to put it on my top beers of 2016. And it's one I, if you guys are able to get a hold of, uh, you should uh, check it out. Nice. Yeah. And just to let you guys know, um, all the beers that I'm listing on my top 10 are all beers I gave five cap ratings on Untapped. But this beer, overall, on Untapped, it gets a rating of 4.0. So that shows you that this beer, that not only do I agree that this beer is pretty good, but a lot of the listeners, or not listeners, I wish that all the Untapped guys were listening to our show, but a lot of the Untapped users also agree that this is a worthy, worthy beer at a four cap rating. So, John, how about your ten number 10 beer? So my number 10, uh, start off light and easy uh, from a brewery that uh, I'm not sure we've mentioned on the show before, uh, Rubens Brews, mm, mm. Uh, and that's their Daily Pale, uh, which is uh, 4.9% Session IPA, which I know you and I have been you know, very opinionated on mm-hmm. um, the show, that style. Uh, but um, this is one that, to me, uh, comes a cross more as just a really full flavored pale ale rather than a watered down IPA. Mm. Um, And I would have called it a pale ale had I not when, you know, looking stuff up for this show, seen that it was described that way um, all over the internet. So uh, I, I had parallel in my notes until I actually went and looked, and looked at it stuff. up. So. <laughs> it's it's called daily pale, so you assume it's a pale ale, right? Exactly. Um, and this was actually the 2016 uh, Seattle Beer Week beer mm. um, that they brewed for the uh, you know event or series of events, I, I guess. Uh, but they actually, within the last month or two, brought it back into their like full lineup. Oh um, wow! So. Um, hopefully this will get some rotation because it's uh, very very good. Well, excellent, so. excellent. That that's one I haven't tried yet from Rubens Brew. So 
when I make my way back up to Seattle, uh, hopefully they'll have it on there and I'll be able to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. And since you're talking on tap ratings, uh, so my beers will all be four and a half. Oh, wow. Except for my top two. Oh, Those okay. Are five. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, this one was an untapped composite of 3.91. Oh, yeah. It's right so, there. It's right at that, right? It's just snipping at the 4.0. Wow. That's yeah. a good one. Good one. All right. Well, hey, I, that's a worthy beer. How about how about you give us your number nine beer since you're chatting about beer? Yeah. So my number nine uh came as uh, a bit of a surprise for me and it is the barrel fermented india pale lager what uh from odin <laughs> brewing and uh it's a six percent uh india pale lager and it's one that i was sitting at the bar and i was looking at it on the board and i was like this has to be a gimmick yeah you know like oh yeah we fermented it in a barrel like cool you know but it's you know just an all right beer but we need to move it, so we're gonna <laughs> you know, do something with it. Uh, this thing was just full of flavor, really bright and uh, nice little tropical um, flavors coming through. Really clean. Um, it blew me away uh, what they did with this beer. Hmm. Um, and you know, unfortunately, I think it was kind of a one-off, yeah. um, which kind of sucks for a list like this for folks. We yeah. know what you've complained about in the past, of <laughs> things that just, but it left such an impression on me that I I just felt I had to mention it. So you know, if if you see something that's you know maybe labeled this way, you know, don't don't take it for granted that they're just kind of screwing around. You know, it could be something to really uh, enjoy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was an had a three point nine. Oh, um, okay. Tap, so. That's an- another worthy, another worthy beer. Now, yeah, I agree with you, John. That the name of this beer, Barrel Fermented India Pale Lager, and India Pale Lager in itself, uh, you know, a lot of times an IPL they call them, if you want the initials. Uh, I, I'm always really, um, you know, I don't know. I I, always, I don't know what to think about it until I give it a shot. And I've actually enjoyed some of the IPLs. Some of them are not so good. Some and a lot of them are good. But when I see a barrel aged one, I'm like, or fermented. I'm like, wow, that's really you know going out. But hey, I'm glad that you tried it. But the other thing is, is anyone who has tried Odin Brewery's beers in the past or Brewing's beer, uh, Odin makes some fantastic beers. So I'm not surprised that. It was on your on your list because it's a great brewery. Yeah, yeah, they've got some really good stuff. So, how about you? What's your number nine? All right, my number nine is um, it's 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 a beer that is I think is still available right now. It came kind of late to the to the market, but it's a it's a fresh hopped pale ale, and and I'm gonna have a couple of these on my list, believe it or not. Now, I was kind of hesitant to put these on my list because like you said this is like a one-off thing and not everyone's going to be able to get it because it's only available for a short period of time but it was one of my favorite beers of the year and this is from this is the born yesterday from Lagunitas Brewing and it's a fresh hot pale ale comes in at seven percent and what I liked about this beer and the reason why it's on the list is that it had a bunch of different fresh hopped hops in it 
and the amount of flavors from the hops that came through in this beer was incredible. And as it warmed, I would get additional flavors. Every sip I'd take, I'd get a different flavor that came out of it. And I just, I don't know, it just made me feel good. And I, and that, and for that reason alone, it's on my list. And uh, again, I gave it a five cap rating, but on, but on Untapped, four point two four. That is an incredible rating for Untapped. Uh, you know, rating. That's that's a really good uh, rating. So it's a good beer, and I hope that everyone either has had a chance to try this beer, or if it's still available, grab it before the hops get too old. And give it a shot. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed this beer a lot as well. Um, it, it was just really well put together. And, I mean, as a bonus, I got three badges for it when I checked in. Oh. So, you know. <laughs> that's a bonus. <laughs> that's a good beer right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Well, you know, now, since I'm talking about fresh hop beers, that was my number eight beer, guess what, is another fresh hop beer. And I feel bad putting these fresh hops because i know now in this you know in winter time it's gonna be hard to find these beers but keep it in mind for the future and uh you know if they do a similar thing next year go jump on it right away and this is a field to ferment citra hop from fremont brewing and this is their fresh hop pale ale six percent and this beer had some insane amount of citrus in it in the aroma and uh, also in the in the flavor and what was awesome is that it had so much going on and then it kind of finished with a with a very nice pleasant floral finish too with with the hot presence i don't know it had everything going on i really enjoyed this beer uh it got a consensus rating of 4.18 so it's above the four cap rating on untapped so obviously it's it's a good beer and i know John, that you also enjoyed this beer, so yeah, this was on my short list. Actually, it it almost uh, made it on here, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I this was my by far favorite of their series, um, and yeah, the, the citrus just jumped out of the glass yeah. at you and uh, was just absolutely uh, tremendous. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. So, so John, how about your number eight beer? All right, so my number eight, uh, I'm going to go big here. Uh-oh. Um, and this is from Midnight Sun of Anchorage. Oh, yeah. And it's their sloth. Uh, and this was a 10.2% uh, Belgian-style Russian Imperial Stout. What? Aged in bourbon barrels. I never even heard of a Belgian-style Russian Imperial <laughs> Stout. <laughs> and, you know, this is, again, one of those ones that you look at the name, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um but this thing was just so well put together. Uh, everything was uh, balanced. There was some nice, you know, bur- the bourbon notes were there with the vanilla type character. It's dark fruit, you know, played really well with that. Um, you know, it, it was just awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try to pick this up if I can get my hands on it again. Um no, I mean it was delicious, and I, I think it's kind of one of those fun things ever to sit down in front of somebody that you're about to serve and let them just read the label mm-hmm. and you know get a little nervous, and then it it's just really well put together. Wow! So, wow! I I've got to try that someday. It sounds incredible. Yeah, and that uh, is an untapped 
composite of four point one four. Oh, so wow, another another high rated beer. High yeah, rated. yeah. Um, so my number seven uh, beer for this year uh, is a collaboration mm. uh, from Trillium and De Proof Brewery, uh, the Bouquet. Yes. Um, which is a six and a half percent farmhouse, and the the name of this beer does it justice. Yes, uh, <laughs> it just everything played well in harmony, you know, with each other. There was some nice berry notes, floral notes. I mean, uh, it all came together and just like popped um, from the glass. Uh, and yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this beer. Um, because a lot of the, the farmhouse saison stuff, they can get dragged down with uh, too much earthy and, you know, mm-hmm. things that can tend to dominate and cover up a lot of those lighter characters. But this beer really let all that lighter stuff shine and just kind of, you know, let it all play on stage together and have some fun. So, yeah, good choice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. So what's your what's your seven? All right, my number seven comes from the state of Utah, and I know it's kind of odd to have uh, Utah beers in, I mean, a lot of times their beers are a little bit low alcohol, but they do bottle some really good higher alcohol beers, and this is one of them. It's from, it's called the Son of a Baptist. It's from Epic Brewing out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and this is their Coffee Imperial Stout, 8% beer. And it's kind of the son of the Baptist because the big bad Baptist is the is the big bad uh, imperial stout uh, that has a lot of chocolate and and I don't know if it has coffee. I don't think it has coffee in it, but it's it's a big bigger stout. This is the sun. It's a little bit smaller at eight percent, but I'll tell you what, the coffee flavor was uh, really nice. It also had a big chocolate, like a dark chocolate uh, character to it. And uh, I, I had to have on my list. This is a if you enjoy good stouts and good coffee stouts, then you have to seek this beer out. And I think it's going to be a regular release in a rotation of of stouts that comes out. So uh, pay attention and find it in your area if you can. You know they they have a brewery also in Colorado, so I know that so they got two breweries, and I think they'll you know you'll be able to get their beers in more locations now. And I recommend now, John. Have you? I don't remember if you've had the Son of a Baptist. I I know. I think I brought you, or did I bring you Big Bad Baptist or not? I don't think I've had the Big Bad Baptist. Okay. Um, but I have not had the uh, Son of a Baptist. Okay. So. Okay. No problem. Um, so yeah, this beer, the consensus rating on Untapped is four point zero five. So again, it's above. The four cap rating, a solid beer that even besides John, you know, besides me saying it's good, uh, the rest of Untaps, they they tend to say it's good too. So give that a shot. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the uh, looking for it on Untapped, and it's in cans. It's oh, in cans. is it in cans now? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. So, okay. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Now moving into the our sixth beer. My sixth beer is uh, from a brewery in Seattle area, Pyramid Brewing, and it's the Coat of Ales. And this is a Belgian-style triple coming in at 8.5%. And this beer surprised me. And I, I think that 
I don't know. It, I I hadn't had pyramid, you know, beers. You don't really hear a lot about pyramid, at least not in my area. Maybe in Seattle you get a lot more pyramid stuff, but I don't get a lot of stuff except for their like their apricot ale that they uh, that they sell. And they're you know they have a, they have a variety box that has a, a variety of beer and they're okay. They're nothing special. But I'll tell you what, this one shocked me. I picked it up because I you know I love triples. I love Belgian style ales, and I thought. I'm just going to grab this on a whim and see how good it is. And it blew my mind. Uh, it has a very big clovey bubblegum and banana aromas and flavors in it. It had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of Belgian character. Uh, it also kind of had that little bit of a peppery, slight peppery finish in there, which is not normal for a triple. Uh, normally, you know, I think you get that in, you know, in, in some like farmhouse sales and such. But it did have a little bit of, of that peppery finish, like maybe a like a lighter pepper, not not like a black pepper, but maybe like a white pepper or some kind of a lighter pepper. But it it didn't distract from it. It actually was very good, and uh, you know, it, it deserved getting on my list. And uh, now here's where it's surprising because even though I really found this beer fantastic. Uh, the consensus on Untapped was only that it's worthy of a 3.68%, which is not a bad rating. It's above average. But I don't know if that rating is because people don't necessarily that were drinking it um, appreciate you know, Belgian ales, or maybe it was different than what they thought. Maybe they thought some of those flavors were a little bit too much for the the triple that they're used to. But I don't know. I really liked it. That's why it's on my list. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't able to find that one after you mentioned it. Um, and we get a lot of Pyramid here. So, I mean, we have one of their facilities here. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they still brew here, but we still have one of their brew, brew pub things. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Wow, um, that's, that's surprising. <laughs> it's that they're from Seattle, so I figured they would at least kept their main place open there. Yeah, I, I know they consolidated, and I can't remember if – it was to here or from here. Um, but anyway, uh, so my, my number six, uh, I'm cheating a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, you know, going into this, uh, we were looking for beers that we, you know, had for the first time. Uh, and, uh, this is a beer that I kind of had for the first time this year, but I have had it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, uh, Farson Walker, Zucaba. Yeah. Uh, which I had just talked about um, recently. They had their, their 2013 uh, vintage. That was just spectacular. And, uh, you know, this year I also had the 2016, which was awesome. Mm. Um, and even though I've had previous vintages, I mean, it, it actually was the first time that I had either of those vintages uh, before. And, it, I mean, the beer just held up tremendously over over time uh and you know fresh it was very good as well um and uh, it's a 13 and a half percent barrel aged english oh, barley wow. wine. i didn't mention one. that yeah big one um but uh you know it, it's just really well done it's really it's built for now and for the future mm-hmm. you know so it's a great beer if you're interested in you know testing out the waters for cellaring. I think this is a great beer to pick up and, uh, you know, try your hand at it. Um, so, and it, it's, uh, untapped 
composite ratings is a 4.46 and a 4.43 for the two versions that I had. Yeah, so, solid. solid. Um, yeah, very good. Hmm. Um, all right, so moving in the top five. Getting into the okay, you know, the here, we here. here we go. Here we go. And mine uh, comes from a brewery in Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. and that is Heathen. Uh, and this is their Mojito Sour Ale. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a 5% uh, sour beer, you know, with additions to come across like a mojito. And uh, they did a great job with it. Um, the level of mint in it was just right. I've had other beers with mint that it was just extremely overpowering and you couldn't really drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mint was just right. The beer finished on the palate super clean. It was very refreshing, and you really just wanted to keep drinking it. I mean, uh, I had this at the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, Homebrewers Conference, and, you know, at these events, I mean, there are brewers all over the, you know, the hall, and you can just go around and fill your glass. There's no tokens or anything. You don't get what you want. And I don't think I've ever been to an event like that where I actually went back before. Oh, wow. And I did for this beer. So uh, to give you an idea, I mean, I, I had my pick of anything, and I went for more than one of this one. So uh, it was very, very good. And I think it's out in bottles right now. Looking, If you look for Heathen Brewing's uh, Feral series, if you can get their beers. Mm. Um, so I'm going to be looking to see if I can get my hands on it. Um, or maybe it was out at some point and people were just holding on to it. I don't know. But um, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes out uh, to see if it pops up again. So, and uh, on Untapped, that's a 3.92. Okay. So. Yeah, I know, I know when you were talking about this beer on the show, I was salivating to try it at that point. And now you just like piqued my, I just want this beer again because it sounded so awesome. So yeah, I'm glad that they're canning or bottling. And now it's, uh, just gotta, just gotta get my hands on one so I can give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recommend anybody that can find it. Even if you're not a real like sour beer fan, uh, I think this is a good one to try out. So, all right. What's your number five? All right, so coming to number five is a beer from my favorite Idaho brewery, Grand Teton Brewing from Victor, Idaho, and it's the Wake Up Call, and this is a coffee imperial porter coming in at 7.5% alcohol, and if you enjoy good coffee stouts or coffee porters, then this is a beer that you must try. Uh, Very, very good uh, complimenting uh, coffee flavor. There's no bitterness to coming to it. It just had a really good coffee flavor, had solid roasty maltiness. I know that porters aren't supposed to have too much roasty. It's supposed to be toasty, I guess, John. Is that right? <laughs> but this one had, uh, and again, maybe some of that roastedness is coming across from the coffee. Maybe some of that dark uh, coffee roasting is coming through in there, and that's why I get it. But man, this beer is fantastic, and I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, this is one of the beers that comes in just slightly below four per, four uh, caps on Untapped. It's three point nine six, but don't let that steer you 
away. Uh, if you enjoy coffee beers, then this one is one you must try. Nice. Yeah. Was this part of their like reserve series? Yeah. Or yep. Yeah. Okay. This this is the reserve series. Uh, they come in big 750 milliliter bottles with a nice little. Uh, what's nice about the reserve series is they always put this uh, little. Uh, I don't know, a little. Uh, I don't want to say booklet, but it's a little like. They got like a, a tag. A tag. Yeah. Folded up. Yeah. yeah, and it explains all the characteristics of the beer and and the details on uh, how they made it and what the, you know what the background is and. The, and it's I don't know I collect all those little tags and the bottles, uh, and I try to get every single reserve beer from them every year because I just thoroughly enjoy it. And they don't release them every year, so Wake Up Call is one that they release every couple years. And when it comes out, I I grab it. So this is a 2016 version, and it's a quality quality beer. Nice, yeah. We we mentioned that you know I am hit, a little hit or miss on what we get here for the yeah, reserve. Yeah. Um, or I just don't see them because uh, they come and go too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not one that I can get my hands on this year, so disappointing. Yeah, it probably went quick. When I mean, yeah, it goes quick. All right, so now diving into number four, uh, I'm going to go a beer that I had in my travels this year when I was visiting Virginia. And uh, this is a new brewery that just opened up this last year in Gainesville, Virginia, called the Tin Cannon Brewery. And the beer that I have at number four is called the Busted Pipe. And it's a black IPA. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, all their beers were pretty good, but this one is one that that stood up above the rest that I just really enjoyed. It was a solid black IPA. had uh, everything that an IPA has with a nice bitterness and everything, but it also had... That slight roastiness to it that lets you know you have some darker roasted malt in there, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, it had to be on my uh, on my list of best beers. And it, again, it's a smaller brewery that maybe in the area people don't really know what to think of of black IPAs, and maybe they rate it a little lower. It, it does come in at three point six seven on the untapped ratings, so it's a little bit lower, but for a, a beer connoisseur like myself, I really gravitated towards beer, and it made uh, my top five list. So that tells you that this beer is more than just, you know, it's it's better than what Untapped is is rating it. Nice, very nice. Um, all right, so my number four uh, is from Georgetown Brewing uh, here in Seattle, and it's their Gusto Crema. Mm, gold uh, medal winner. <laughs> gold medal winner. Uh, 4.9% coffee cream ale uh, that we've talked about a few times on the show this year. Yeah, uh, yeah just great coffee character. Uh, I'm sure they add lactose to it to give it, you know, uh, some actual milk, you know, creamy sweetness um, to go along with it. It's just really well put together. Everything's, uh, you know, balanced uh amongst each other nothing you know dominates but it's an easy drinking beer uh that i pick up whenever i can um uh, growler wise or i take the growlers from other people when they bring it to parties so i can maximize my enjoyment i mean (laughs) i love this beer uh so and it clocks in on untapped at a 4.07 
Um, so, uh, definitely recommended. Um, unfortunately, Georgetown is uh, only tr- distributed in kegs, so yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to find it on tap, on tap, or go to the brewery to fill a growler. So <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, but it's good. Um, all right, number three uh, is uh, coming back to Rubens Brews uh, mm. for their breakfast stout. And I just talked about going to the release for this um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they released their breakfast out and a couple barrel age versions of it. Um, but at least as it stands, I, I think I like the straight breakfast out even better than the barrel versions. <laughs> uh, it's an 8.4% uh, coffee milk stout. Uh, coffee and in the beer just it kind of pops a chocolate character uh that's just really nice it's full of flavor and uh i actually had no idea it was 8.4% until uh i was putting this together cuz you can't tell at all oh wow um, when you're drinking it so uh yeah it, it's just a really really well done beer um and hopefully as they continue to grow things like this will get out into further reaches so hmm. uh, yeah that's my that's my number three uh oh and it's a uh, 3.96 on untapped nice so how about you it's number three all right well my number three is a beer that john you've already mentioned uh Ooh. in your top list so i'm just taking second fiddle to uh to your ratings but this one rates number three in my book and it's the uh, bouquet from the collaboration with Trillium and uh, De Proof Brewery, and uh, again, yes, it's, it's, I was hoping you would you would try to say that as well, um, even though I had to go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. I already knew how to say it because I looked, you know, I kind of practiced before. I, I wasn't, I didn't know it was going to be on your list, so I was trying to be professional and uh, get that get that out. But yeah, but you know what, John and I both have this on our top ten list, so. Um, that should say everything that's needed is that this beer was fantastic. Uh, for me, uh, it was a clean and crisp uh, beer. Had all the traditional saison flavors that were coming out in spades. Yet, uh, to, you know, had a, a delicateness that I appreciated. It was a very, very well done, well crafted beer. So, if if it's still available, go out and find it. And if they do it again, make sure you you grab it because it's world-class top 10 worthy yeah and i think i actually forgot to say uh that on untapped is a 4.17 oh yeah 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 4.17 so yeah that says a lot it's above four all right now bouncing in the number two on my list and you know john's already been you know getting all his excitement over ruben's brews well guess what i gotta throw a little ruben's love in there too and but this one's for a different beer than what he's talking about. Uh, this one is for their hibiscus goza, and uh, you know their goza uh, two years in a row won gold medal or was it silver and gold? Gold, gold both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gold medal. Mm-hmm. But this is and that's a great goza, great beer. Uh, but you know what? I kind of, I mean, I like that goza, but this hibiscus goza. For me, just tickled my fancy a little bit more, and I just really enjoyed it. It's a four percent beer, 
Uh, I've really been enjoying the lower alcohol beers this year. That was one of our, John's and my, I don't know, resolutions, but one of our predictions that we were you know, going to see a lot more lower alcohol beers. And I think that has lived, that, that has been true this year. We've, I've seen a lot of beers coming out below 5%, which is nice. It's nice to see that trend go down and, and just have different beers. And this one's good. It had a perfect amount of tartness, saltiness, and hibiscus flavor. It wasn't too much of any one of those. They all kind of blended together and worked perfectly in this Goza style. And it's number two on my list. Nice. Oh, and it got uh, a it got a three point eight six overall. So again, it's below four on the consensus. But who cares about what other people think? This is what I think. Yeah, and and for those that may end up in the Seattle area, Rubens does a lot of takes on their Goza. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually missed this one because uh, they do these only at the tap room yeah. usually. Um, but like I just had their holiday version of it, which they do with cranberries and mm. such. So. Um, if you're ever there, they usually have the straight goes and then they'll have at least one different version of it, um, on tap. So definitely something to check out. Yeah. So for my number two, uh, we're gonna stick with Rubens. <laughs> um, and when I was like compiling my list, uh, Rubens actually made up, I think over 25% of my total candidates. Uh, and I think they ended up with three in my top 10. Oh, wow. Um, so for as much as we talked and the joke is about talking about Fremont, um, yeah, Rubens no. <laughs> uh, really showed up for me this year. That's um, true. You don't have a single Fremont beer on your list. And uh, wow, that is shocking. Yeah. Well, and, you know, part of it is that, uh, you know, looking at things we had for the first time. This oh, year. true. Um, true. Okay. I've had a lot more Rubens for the first time this year, whereas... I had, you know, I've had a lot of Fremont stuff yeah. in the past. And so um, while I still go and enjoy that and still talk about it, um, it wasn't didn't quite fit what we were looking for for this list. Okay. Uh, but the beer, which I don't think I've named yet, is their Bourbon Barrel Imperial Stout. Mm. Um, and they just do great stuff with barrels. Their stout is delicious. It's a 11.9% mm. uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Perfect. And, uh, you know, it just, it brings everything you want in that type of beer, you know, getting some of the roasts, the dried fruit, chocolate, you know, some of the bourbon and vanilla, you know, kind of characters. And it just, uh, it's, it's awesome. I have more of this in my cellar right now that, you know, I just kind of holding on to and pull out for a nice occasion, but, uh, yeah, just a really well put together beer and you know i give it a five and untapped it's at a 4.23 wow good so. nice nice that's yeah. one that's one i haven't had yet uh, but i'll tell you what rubens here's what i like about rubens brews they do a ton of different styles and i swear they nail every style like really well and stouts, yeah. stouts are right up there as good as their your, their sours, as good as their IPAs. I mean, everything, their stouts are spot on. And I've enjoyed all the stouts that I've had from them. Really, I mean, they have an export stout that's fantastic. They have, you know, all kinds of different, you know, Russian Imperial ones. And, and uh, I mean, 
just fantastic. So it's good to see that we can have a variety of their beers, you know, breakfast stouts to Russian Imperial stouts, barrel aged to Goza's, and even a session IPA on our top 10 list. Uh, that says a lot. So that's, I, I think, I think if we were to have to pick our, our brewery, our favorite brewery of 2016 of, of beers we've had, for me, it's gotta be Rubens brews. There's no doubt that I fell in love with that brewery the first time I visited. And the second time, I fell even more in love with it. And what do you think, John? Do you think Rubens Brew is your brewery of the of the year? Uh, yeah, I would be hard-pressed to argue with that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so. Awesome. All right. Now, with that high note, what is the number one beer of 2016? All right. So, number one uh, was a late entry uh, for me. <laughs> and uh, that's the Boneyard Brewing Notorious. Uh, they're a triple IPA. Clocking in at eleven point eight percent. Yes. Um, which this beer just chock full of everything you want. Tropical. Uh, you know, it it it's something that actually does come across as a flavor characteristic of juicy. You know, not <laughs> yes. the uh the, the hazy, you know, mess of, of juicy um that we've talked about as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this beer picked up a growler um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that growler um, from start to finish. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Do you want to say your number one and then maybe we can talk some more? Yeah, yeah. My number one is also Notorious from Boneyard. Uh, it's amazing that John and I both had our top beers being the same beer. And uh, I think it's says a lot that yeah com- completely independent yeah we didn't talk about or give each other our list before we had them done so yeah so that's i mean i just gotta raise my glass to boneyard beer uh for making great a great triple ipa they, they also make other great beers too that i've really enjoyed uh and i just think that anyone that visits bend oregon uh, please stop by their brewery and try their beer. You won't be disappointed because they make some really good beers. And this beer is, I think, and, and I haven't had plenty of the, plenty of the uh, younger, but I've, I've, you know, I, I chatted with people who had had it, and they say that this beer gives that plenty of the younger a run for its money. And this beer is available all year round. So why not go and enjoy something you can enjoy all year round, and not just have to stand in line you know, overnight just to get uh, a glass of it. So there we go. All right, John, anything else you want to say about our number one or you want to move on to our honorable mentions? Uh, I think, I think we, uh, we nailed it. We nailed it. We nailed it. Okay. So let me start off with my honorable mention beers. There's three beers that I just want to say that, uh, that should have been on this list if we had more than 10 spots, but because we only, Kept it at 10, and I had to drop these off. The first one is the one I already mentioned earlier in the show. Again, like John, this was a late comer for me. I just had it this week. And it's the Moreland's Dragoon's Dry Irish Stout. Yes, this would have almost made my top 10 list, and it's that good. And again, I can't reiterate enough. Go out and find this beer if you want to try a good Irish dry stout, or if you just want a good stout. Uh... It, I recommend it. And the second beer 
is another beer from Boneyard Brewing out of Bend, Oregon. And it's the Incredible Pulp. It's their pale ale that my buddy Alex brought back to me in a crowler. And I'll tell you what, this beer was also incredible. And this one is kind of like that uh, pulpy, uh, you know, dirty dirty IPA or dirty pale, uh, you know, East Coast pale uh, cloudiness. But, man, it was juicy and it was good. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that beer. So that, that also, honorable mention, that, that uh, I think I gave that one a five-cap rating. But I just, I, actually, both those I gave five-cap ratings. And you know what? All three of my beers also had five cap ratings for the honorable mentions, but didn't make the list. So the, well, the, that one gets bonus points for its name too. Yeah, wow. yeah, the incredible pulp. I love it. And then my last one is uh, the brewery that I mentioned as what I'm drinking tonight from Cook and Fence. And uh, this beer that I'm drinking right now, well, it's gone now. I need to get another beer in my glass. But um, it was not that great, but. Another beer that was fantastic from Crooked Fence was their Hither Brown Coffee Brown Ale. And that also got a five-cap rating from me. Perfectly, you know, really well-done brown ale uh, with, a, with a hint of coffee in there. Um, well done. That's all I can say. Five-cap rating, honorable mention in my top ten. So, John, how about your honorable mentions? All right, so my honorable mentions are uh, starting with Ten Barrel. Oh, Cucumber Crush. Wow. Um, which, you know, you had talked about forever, and yes. I finally got my hands on. <laughs> um, and right after you brought me some, they started distributing oh. it here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, very light, refreshing beer. Goes down easy. Um, you know, I, I think I first cracked this after mowing the lawn. <laughs> um, yeah. So, which was just perfect, you know, timing uh, for it as well. So, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed that beer. Uh, the next one uh, is the Lagunitas, uh, the Waldo's Special Ale, mm. um, which uh, tons tons of hops in that beer. Yeah. That, um, is is that is that classified as a strong ale or? I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it's a triple IPA. Oh, a triple IPA? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, this thing just chock full of hops uh, from start to finish, and you don't get, you know, the grassy or any astringency from it. I mean, it's just full flavor, really well done. Uh, so I enjoyed that one as well. Okay, okay. I Yeah, you're right. That is a triple IPA, and uh, that comes in at 11.5%, by the way. Yeah. And uh, 100 IBUs, and I gave that a four cap rating myself. I also enjoyed that one pretty good. So, okay. Didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's a good beer. So, um, and then my, the last one I'll mention is the uh, the Stone uh, Choco Vesa Chard. Ooh. Um, which is their uh, Choco Vesa, which uh, I think was a homebrew competition. Yeah, I think so. Winner. Yeah, I think oh, you're right. right. Yep, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, it's a, a milk stout with uh, coffee and cocoa and spices uh, in it. And then they aged it in bourbon barrels. And uh, I mean, the thing was just really, really well put together. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one too. And uh, big thanks to my buddy Rob for, for sharing that with us. Uh, so we... 
split that bottle. And it was very nice. <laughs> that's a good. So. That's a good one to split. I think. Uh, those, uh, those charred, yeah. those can come uh, pretty strong. I know I've had a couple of those charred beers, and uh, drinking them by my, they're not. I think they're a little bit smaller, like a sixteen ounce bottle, right? They're like, uh, no, they're. Uh, I think they're a five hundred, five hundred milliliter or something. Okay. Yeah, that's like, um, yeah, just over sixteen, sixteen point one or nine. Well, no, I, 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 now I'm in my head. I'm remembering it bigger. No, it's uh, it's it's smaller than a twenty-two. Let's see. I'm pretty sure because I've had I have uh, a few of them on my wall behind me, but I'm not going to get up and go look at the size. But they're a little bit smaller. Oh yeah, five hundred mils. Yeah, so sixteen. Yeah, I'm looking in the uh, pictures on Untapped. Okay, so. okay, yeah, but uh, but even at that size, these I've had a, those beers are pretty. Um, Flavorful and pretty strong. I, yeah, but I, I would not have complained if I if had you to do one of these the whole by thing? myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, I think John, you and I had a pretty good top ten list of 2016, and I hope our listeners uh, appreciated uh, what we have to to give to them. I, I know I complain about these lists, but overall. Uh, I think our list covered quite a few beers. Uh, I mean, I know your list was focused a lot around the Seattle area beers because of Rubens. You had a lot of that, but uh, but we did have some beers from on the East Coast and in, in uh, uh, and I you know around around the country. So I think we got a good distribution of of beers for people that some of these you can actually get. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, well, now it's time to hear what our listeners' top five beer list of 2016 consist of. And the first person who wrote in to us is here from my local area, uh, Tom Byrne. He says, hey, guys, here's the top five list. I cheated. I did honorable mentions. I chopped. He also says that he chopped up into five categories, so... I wouldn't have all stouts on my top beers. And uh, that I, I can understand that. I think if my daughter would do a top uh, five list, it'd all be brown ales. I think that's his, her favorite here. So I can understand why people have a favorite style. So thank you, Tom, for splitting it into different style categories. And we're going to start off with his favorite category, the stout. And his beer for the stout is the Deschutes the Abyss 2015 Cognac Barrel Aged Beer. And he says this is a 12% beer. He says, I was happy I got to do a lot of Abyss tasting this year. Did a four-year vertical and a 2015 horizontal side-by-side of regular Abyss, Rye Whiskey Barrel Aged, and the Cognac Barrel Aged. All were great, but this was by far the best for me. Looking forward to doing this again this year with the Scotch and Brandy Barrel versions. Wow. Um, I haven't had a chance to try any of the special releases, let alone all of them. And uh, I'm just happy to grab a bottle of the Abyss or two and, and drink one fresh and drink one aged. But man, Tom really went all out with this Abyss for sure. Yeah, I'm just living vicariously through him right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that, for that, uh, that, that choice. And I'm, 
I'm sad that I missed it. So uh, it sounds like a good one. Uh, he has some honorable mentions here. He says the Central Waters Cassian Sunset. Uh, it's a 10% bourbon barrel aged stout with coffee, vanilla beans, and cinnamon. That's his honorable mention. And, of course, he says I could probably list 20 more stouts that are right there with these. So I'm going to leave it at that. Well, thank you, Tom. I, uh, if you want, you can go ahead and send us uh, your t- other 20 beers just so I know what they are so I can try to find them if I can. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that. All right. Now for uh, this next category is barley wines, old ales, etc. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the top one is from Coonhen Brewing Company. Their bourbon barrel aged fourth dementia old ale. Ooh. Our 2015. Is fourteen point two five percent. Oh yeah, that's dementia, all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, it says this beer is amazing. Highly suggest getting your hands on it. Huge raisin, date, vanilla, bourbon thing happening as you might expect. Uh, pretty much perfect for the style and super deceptive for the ABV. Wow, it would have to be otherwise. You know, it'd be maybe tough to get through if yeah. that was really, really apparent. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then the honorable mentions, uh, one close to my heart. Uh, Fremont, uh, Bourbon Barrel Age Abominable, mm-hmm. 2015, uh, 14%. It says this. Denny, I've got to say this has to be the king of the winter ale. Oh, so, <laughs> oh damn. He called me out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, so a little fun fact uh, for Fremont. Um, so their winter ale, they, they did call uh, Abominable. Um, then they had their, these barrel bourbon aged abominables, but uh, they had a little uh, run in um, trademark wise, I think, uh, with uh, Hub yeah. Brewing out yeah. of uh, Portland, which they have their, their abominable. Yep. Um, so now Fremont's uh, winter beer is just called Winter Ale. So, ah. um, And then the these uh, bourbon barrel aged abominables are going by B Bomb, which it had been kind of a nickname that had started with them already. So, so uh, I so I had uh, B bomb last year, and so e- maybe it's the same thing. B, let me look up B bomb. Well, I think they might be in there as abominable up until this year. Oh, okay, so, okay. Because I like the official name was still abominable. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Wow. So I haven't had the abominable yet. So yeah, Tom, you got you got one on me. I can't judge it. And, until I have it, so I need to have it next year. So I'll be and looking. Come on for- over. I, I've got some in the cellar. <laughs> well, you, well, okay. Why, why didn't we bust them out when I was there last time? We should have. Now we pulled other things out of the cellar. <laughs> too much in the cellar. Oh. All right. So the other honorable mention uh, is the Farson Walker El Dorado uh, 2015. Uh, 13.2% barrel aged blonde barley wine. He says, I promise not everything on my list is barrel aged. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything on his list is barrel aged, so I think he might be. Uh, uh, okay, well, wow. No, nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. But uh, okay, those are some solid beers. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that you shared those with your friends because uh, you're going to get messed up drinking all these 14% beers. <laughs> so. Oh, well, good. All right. Now, next on his list is the Sour Wild Ale category. And he did choose one close to my heart. It's the Russian River Consecration. And this is a 10% Belgian-style dark ale 
aged in American oak Cabernet Sauvignon barrels with currants. And if he finally got to try a handful of Russian River beers this year, including Piney and Blind Pig, and this one was super memorable. And I agree. I absolutely love this beer. I didn't have it 2016, but I did have it 2014, I think is when I visited Russian River. And uh, I have to admit, I, uh, I'll, I'll raise my glass to that being on your list for sure. And his honorable mention for the Sours and Wild category is the Firestone Walker Bretta Rose 2016, 5.3% Berliner Weiss, aged on oak with raspberries. Wow, have you, have you had that beer, John? No. That yeah, sounds I, great, huh? My uh, Russian River repertoire is... Uh... Very uh, limited. Um, oh, sorry. I was looking up the consecration while you were talking about that. Oh, but okay. no, the, the Firestone Walker Bread or Rose, um, I have not had either. Okay. I'm mixing myself up because that's – anyway, yeah. But no, I haven't had that one. Okay. Okay, yeah. That, that sounds fantastic, and I need to find that right away if it's still available. Uh, his second honorable mention is the Cascade Sang Noir from 2014 it's a 9.8% northwest sour aged in bourbon and wine barrels see so far every beer he's mentioned has been aged in barrels so so john what about in the the next category he's providing us all right so uh saison farmhouse um and the, his winner here is a uh, funkworks tropic king mm. 8% imperial saison I said, not the most highly touted Saison I drank this year, but so delicious. I kicked myself later for not bringing home uh, more with me. Oh. So. So where's Funkworks at? Is that uh, East Coast sure. somewhere? Okay. Um, I don't want to stop the show for it. I just, I need to try to find some of these beers that he's listing. So Funkworks. No, is... Fort Collins. Oh, it's in Fort mm-hmm. Collins. And that's. Fort Collins is actually a place that in the next couple years I want to make a road trip. Uh, and I want to I want to do Colorado, uh, Fort Collins, Denver, uh, that whole area, and, and try out the beer scene because it's so close. There's no reason for me not to, to drive out there. So. Yeah, so uh, honorable mention – for Saison Farmhouse uh, is Logsdon Farms, uh, Passion Brett. Yes. 10% oak-aged Saison with peaches. Yeah, I, I, I saw that beer, and I um, I think that was on one of the lists we've talked about this, this mm-hmm. year, and that's one I, is, I've got to go try. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then the, the bouquet that yeah. we've uh, talked about. It's a dry hop farmhouse sale. I know Denny also loved this. Yeah. Yes, we both did. We both did. And it's on our list. So, hey, we've got uh, uh, good taste. Good taste. All right. Now, moving into the hops category. And he, his number one choice here is the Parish Brewing uh, Envy. It's a 5.5% pale ale. He says, I found myself enjoying pale ales more and more in 2016. Uh, American Pale Ales like Zombie Dust, Alpha King, and Gumball Head from Three Floyds, uh, or Pseudo Sue from Top and Goliath were all fantastic and deserving of the hype they'd receive. But this beer came as an extra in a trade and completely surprised me. Absolutely phenomenal aroma and taste. 
Parrish wasn't even on my radar, so it was a very pleasant surprise. Their Ghost in the Machine double IPA was also fantastic. Wow. Nice. Uh, have you heard of Parrish? Uh, no. Is it is it another Michigan brewery, or is he just listed Three Floyds stuff? But uh, Louisiana. No way. Louisiana has an outstanding yeah. brewery. Get out of here. Wow. Let's go to New Orleans and drink some of this beer. What do you think? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, now, I'm... I haven't had Zombie Dust, Alpha King, or Gumball Head because I don't, or Pseudo Sue. Um, all of all of ones I want to try eventually someday in my life. Uh, but this one sounds good too. The Envy, it beat those out, so that's pretty good. His honorable mentions. Here we go. It's one on my list, John. It's the Fremont Field to Field Field to Ferment Citra, six percent pale ale, and I agree that's a fantastic yep. beer. Solid choice. Yeah. And then his second one was the Pipeworks Brewing, uh, the Lizard King, which is a 6% Mosaic Pale L. Uh, I could do that. I like Mosaic. So Yeah. And uh, Excellent. All right. So thank you, Tom, for your list. That is a fantastic uh, collection of beers that most mostly that John and I haven't had. So we need to get busy and try them. Yeah, absolutely. So our next list uh, comes from Jason Lacey. We're at Flux to Post and Battle of the Beer. Um, and uh, is five. And, uh, we've got Troll Tonga from Buxton Brewery, hmm. which I am not familiar with. I'm not either, but it's got an interesting name, Troll Tonga. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Nutter Your Business Stout. From Grand Armory Brewing, and I love the name of that beer. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've I've got a. Uh, I think I'm gonna get a trade. Uh, I'm gonna trade a loose cannon for that beer. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's in the works. It's in the works. All right. Well. <laughs> good, good luck with that. Uh, so also we have the uh, blueberry maple stout from Sagatuck uh, Brewing Company. Um, which I guess sound, sounds exactly would be exactly what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, but he, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's blueberry maple stout. It's really sweet, from what I understand. They they had it on the show. They're they oh you know what they had it on their hundredth episode that will forever go uh, unlistened because they deleted the recording before it got out. So only the people that actually listened live got to listen to their show. So it's a lost episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so then the uh, the Milky Pumpkin, a mix of uh, New Holland beers, uh, copyright FlexiPost. <laughs> yeah. And I believe uh, this is a mix of the Dragon's Milk, Grill yep. uh, Stout, and their Ichabod. Yep, that's uh, it. Pumpkin beer. Yeah. So and and the actual uh, percentage is not uh, guaranteed yet because they did a couple different percentages so i don't know which one made the cut as the better percentage of because i think they at, at one uh, time they did it like 25 75 and or 50 and another time they did the opposite so i don't know what which blend was the better one 
Yeah, and I, I have the dragon's milk sitting in my fridge, um, but uh, no the kebab. No so the kebab. Yeah. Just gonna have to go straight, straight dragon's milk. Okay. And finally, uh, the habanero sculpin. Wow. Val's point. Wow, that's wow. his. That's in his top five. Yeah. Have you had that one? Uh, I believe so. I'm actually. I was just checking that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't log it. Uh, I had a sip, a taster. And I was uh, like, I no, like yeah, I said, no, I, uh, I'm not doing this beer. <laughs> it's just too much, too much burn for me. I just couldn't handle it. So, no, yeah. I think I had a taste of this, uh, at national homebrewers conference. Um, spouse point had a huge booth, um, at the San Diego one. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I, I had it there, but, um, I didn't log it if I did. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Jason does like his peppered beers. In fact, he made a homebrew, a jalapeno yeah. IPA, right? Uh, or a pale ale, jalapeno pale. Yeah, with peppers he grew himself. Yeah, I believe, he grew so. himself. So that's dedication. He loves his style. And uh, hey, uh, cheers to you, Jason, for, for putting a beer on a list that n- probably nobody else is going to have on there. Uh, because it's a unique style that not everyone gravitates to like yeah, like very you do, so. <laughs> yes yes all right well thanks jason uh, our next listener uh david makazuki uh he also sent us a list so i'll i'll name off his list at so number 1 wait should i go 5 and then to 1 I, i'm going to go i'm going to go 5 number 5 is a is a saison pample saison pamp mouse Pample moose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I need to slow down. I just finished this Jubilee that I just cracked open, so I think I need to slow down on the beer drinking. <laughs> it's going down way too fast. Uh, this is Saison Pample Moose from Golden Road Brewing. Uh, hey, I've, I've never had anything from Golden Road, uh, but I'm a big Saison fan, so I will definitely have to try that when it comes to my area. Um, guess what? Number four is another Saison. This is Saison Dolores from Almanac Brewing Company, and I have had that beer, and it is a solid Saison. Now, normally, Almanac, for me, I strictly go with their sour um, beers because mm, they do yeah. fantastic sours, but I will say that I, I do enjoy uh, their other beers, too. Their other beers are pretty good. And uh, Have you had the Saison Dolores? No, I haven't. Okay. It's a good one. It comes in a nice 22-ounce bottle. And it's not very expensive. It's cheaper than the the farm uh, field to farm or farm to field or whatever the whatever it is the farm to barrel. I can't remember yeah, the program. I don't know what it is. Yeah, farm to barrel. Okay, farm That's to barrel. It. So all right, and uh, okay, and number three. Guess what? It's another damn saison. This is a Wild Sierra Session saison L from Mammoth Brewing. Man. David is hitting the Saisons hard on his top five list, which I'm impressed. That means he's really uh, been enjoying uh, this style. He's got three Saisons on his list. Um, okay. And it's a session Saison, which I don't understand what a session. I mean, it's obviously below 4.5%, but honestly, mm, well, no, okay. I think Saisons typically fall around 65 6%. Low, I guess. So I guess it would be if it's below four and a half, it would be a session. So I guess I could buy that. Have, have you yeah, heard, but Saison's kind of a catch-all 
kind of, I mean, it is not catch all, but very wide ranging style as well. True. Okay. All right. And number two, he's stepping away from the Saisons. He's going with the peanut butter cup porter from Carl Strauss Brewing. Have you had that one, John? No. I love me some Carl Strauss, but I haven't had that one. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, I would love to have that beer too. Maybe that will, uh, you know, I also had a peanut butter. Porter or stout, whatever it was, that gruesome. That was on my list number ten. So, if this one might, you know, maybe this one can uh, can step up there too for me. And his number one beer is from Oscar Blues Brewing out of Longmont, Colorado. I think that's right. I just whipped that out of my head. I hope that's right. <laughs> and it's Death by Coconut. And uh, we both have had that. I've, I've had it this year, and I had it last year too. You had it this year yet? Uh, yeah, I've had this beer. Um, I don't know if I had this year version. Yeah. Um, but I think we both enjoyed this. I did. I so. I drank uh, I drank one before we started recording, before I had the winter warmer. And uh, while I, I say I drank it, I, I'm using that loosely because uh, my wife kept stealing it from my hand and taking a sip because she loves it also. So <laughs> I probably had half a beer because she drank half of it herself. But, yeah, that's a great beer, David. So thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice. And uh, the next list is from Lucas Rose, uh, the other half of Flux Post and Battle of the Beer. Uh, it says, here are my top five beers that I tried first in 2016. Excellent. So he's he's going with uh, our route with yep, it. Yep. And it says, in no particular order. Okay. Uh, Massacre Imperial Dark Lager from Wolverine Brewing Company. Wow. Said awesome sipper at 13%. <laughs> yeah, that certainly fits the Imperial Lager uh, category that is there. The 13%. Biggest, what, now, I'm not a – honestly, I don't even know. We need to go do a style guideline on Imperial Lager because I don't even know if I've had an Imperial Lager. But are no, they supposed to come in at 13%? <laughs> Well, Imperial kind of means you just do whatever you want. It's bigger than, you know. But, yeah, that's huge. That is huge. But now It I has have, me very curious. I am very curious, too. <laughs> I've got to find that beer, a 13% Imperial Dark Lager. I love dark lagers. And he says yeah. it's, an, it's an awesome sipper, so that's, that's positive. Yeah. So uh, next is that, that Nutter Your Business Stout again from Grand Armory Brewing. Mm. It says surprisingly sweet yet still drinkable. Yeah, I gotta have that beer. Gotta have that beer. Agreed. Uh, then the toasted marshmallow stout from Rochester Mills Brewing it says, "If you have a sweet tooth, this will satisfy." <laughs> yeah, he's really so. been enjoying the Rochester Mills Brewing. He got a sampler pack. Yeah, doing the advent calendar. Yeah, like. Well, half advent calendar um, <laughs> series right now. So yeah, so uh, I, this is another brewery that I've never heard of, but after listening to him and and Jason talk about him, I'm curious about it. When I make my trip to Michigan, I'm gonna have to look up some of these beers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the the Heinstefaner Festbier mm. from uh, Heinstefan, and he said. <laughs> Uh, very surprised by this Oktoberfest classic. It's a good and one. I actually just had this in my uh, advent calendar. Did you? Like within the last week. And yeah. It, and how'd you like it? 
Oh, I, I've had it before yeah. this year as well. I'm, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very solid beer. Yeah, so. I, this is one of the beers I've had here in the States, and I've had it on draft when I've visited Israel. Uh, it's a great beer. It's one that, yeah, I really enjoy that beer too. So I don't I don't blame him for having it on his list. Good. good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the Tiramisu Coffee Stout rounds out the, the five uh, from Ellison Brewery and Spirits. So sometimes coffee stouts are too acidic. Uh, but this one was creamy and smooth. Wow, nice. So uh, he says, uh, that about does it. He says, the worst beer by far for 2016 was the Blueberry Cream Ale by Sheboygan Brewing, Brewing Company. <laughs> uh, it was so bad, I almost didn't drink it. Whoa. I jumped down, though. Oh, wow. He Wait, it's so bad he almost didn't drink it, but he actually yeah, did. Almost. But he, but he did drink it. Yeah, yeah. He says, thanks, guys, and cheers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome list. And um, I didn't list my worst beer of 2016, but it is one that I just drank recently that was so bad I didn't I I didn't I threw it down the drain. And that's the first time I've probably ever thrown a beer down a drain. I, I usually will suffer through a beer, but this was so bad, and I can't remember the name of the beer because I just wiped it from my memory. I didn't want to think about it, but yeah. All right. Next on our list is uh, our buddy, Tom Joseph over on the East coast. He says, hello, gentlemen. I love the show. And here's my list of top five beers of 2016. Coming in at number five is from your neck of the woods. The Huckleberry pucker from paradise Creek brewery. He says it could have been the combination of being burnt out on IPAs at the time, being on vacation, or the great sushi I had with it. Regardless, it was refreshing and tasty. I brought some home from the trip as well. So I love that beer. You love that beer? So where where <laughs> yeah. is Paradise Creek at? That's not one I'm familiar with. Oh, is it, is put it, me on the spot. It's got to be um, a Washington beer, right? Yeah, it is. Um and I will tell you that it's in Pullman, Washington. <laughs> oh, so. so it's over by Spokane. Yeah, that's where he visited. He was visiting the Spokane area um, and uh, Coeur d'Alene, I think, too, or maybe somewhere in there. Oh, he was, it was a beautiful area. Yeah. So. so, okay, I need to find that one myself. I need to go visit Spokane and Pullman. Uh, there's Iron Goat that I want to visit, and now i got to visit Paradise Creek because – I love huckleberries, and the huckleberry pucker sounds fantastic. So, Yeah, it's very, very good. I had number four. Uh, he says, starts the Virginia bias. He says, Virginia has been crushing IPAs this year. So Richmond has become one of the East Coast hotspots for fresh, hoppy IPAs. Uh, Aslan is a new brewery that is making the Northeast juicy IPAs. My favorite has been Small Town in Ontario. Just a juicy, fruity monster of a beer. There you go. I guess, hey, if you're on the East Coast, you better go juicy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I haven't. I don't think I've had any Aslan, but I have seen Tom uh, posting a lot of Aslan beers on Untapped. So when I make it back to Virginia, I'm going to have to look this brewery up and try it for myself for sure. Yeah. All right. So number three is the coagulation from Triple Cross Triple Crossing Brewery in Richmond, and he says, like Vail and Aslan, these guys are really hitting it out of the park with their Northeast IPAs. 
This was my highest rated one of the year. Really? Wow. So again, it must be a juicy IPA from the East Coast, Northeast uh, type of thing. Yeah. So have you heard of Triple Crossing? No. Okay. These are so. these are small breweries that must be opening recently because now Richmond's not close to where I'm at in Virginia when I go. Uh, if I'm there for a long, for a weekend, I might make a trip out to Richmond and, and get some of these breweries because I got to try them. Got to try them all. Yeah, absolutely. So number two is a nationally known IPA, Haze, from Treehouse in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. The only beer I've been able to try from Treehouse, and it did not disappoint. Uh, it is another juicy concoction that resembles beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Haze before, and it's one that's on my short list if I ever get a chance to uh, try Treehouse uh, beers. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, I mean, I think they're going to stay small for the most part. So we, we have to go visit the Treehouse ourselves. Yeah, it seems like a road trip is in order. Yeah, let's do it. All right, now here we go. Let's get to his number one beard. And let's see. He says, I have combined all the beers from The Veil as my number one. It would have been a boring list because all my top-rated untapped beers were from Vail. They opened in Richmond, Virginia this year and have been putting out incredible Northeast IPAs. Their head brewer worked at the Al- Al- uh, Alchemist Hill Farmstead and has done internships at Cantillon for the last few years. He actually just went back for another this month. I feel lucky to have this brewery so close. Wow. Okay, the Vail. I've got to go. I got to go to Richmond. Yeah. Come on, yeah, Richmond seems like a place we need to go. Yeah, why are we not there right now? We need to go visit the Vail. We need to go visit uh, uh, Triple Crossing, Aslan, and of course, uh, I need to go visit Paradise Creek. So Tom, Tom's uh, all of his uh, beer choices have got me very intrigued. Uh, and at the end, he says, thanks again for doing the podcast. It makes my commute enjoyable once every two weeks. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Tom. We appreciate your support. All right. Our next one comes from our buddy Robert Melendez from Ch- He's also known as Chew Your Beer. And, and he is the only one who provided an audio l- um, list. So let's listen to it now. Danny, John, and hey guys, and all the listeners of Tap the Craft, this is Robert, a.k.a. Chew Your Beer, on Twitter and on Tap. This is my top five beers of 2016. Number five, Pizza Port Graveyard, American Pale Ale, from Carlsbad, California. This delicious beer was great malt build, nice citrusy hops, very hoppy, amazing. It was a limited release in six-pack cans. 16-ounce cans, an amazing, amazing beer, guys. Uh, number four, Sparks American Pale Ale by Mickler. Some people call it McKellar, but I'm going Mickler out of San Diego, California. Just a new brewery that opened up this year. This Pale Ale was all San Diego Pale Ale. Hops, uh, nice little malt build, very good to the point where I went out and seeked it out because it was so good. Great for the summer heat. Uh, number three. Three, 
I'm going Watermelon Patch Sour by Valiant Brewing out in Orange County, California. This is a sour ale. This beer tasted like a watermelon now and later, guys. Amazing beer. Had this at a bottle share. This beer was delicious. I'm glad it's in the OC. Maybe I can drive out there and pick up a few more. Uh, number two. Beer number two. King Julius Double IPA by Treehouse Brewing in Mon Monaco, Massachusetts. This beer is an English style beer. Cloudy, juicy, pulpy. Just an amazing, amazing beer. Um, so delicious that I need to get some more of this. And my number one beer most recently had and really enjoyed um, General Sherman's DDH IPA which is a dry, double dried hop IPA out of Fresno California brewed at Tioga Sequoia Brewing this IPA just stole my taste buds it seems like all these beers are um, all IPAs and pails and they are they're hops I'm a, I'm, I'm a hop guy now guys that's kinda weird but not really um, I fell in love with this beer so much that I bought a case brought it home and I'm almost done with the freaking 22 ounce bottle case um, some honorable mentions guys Luponic Distortion number one that was an amazing beer um, a beer that should have been on my list but I only had two bottles of it was Stout of the Union out of uh, Sierra Nevada's uh, beer camp this thing was an amazing amazing stout so delicious um, and also Peep Show out of Transplant uh, brewing company in Lancaster, California. It's uh, Peep Show tells you it's everything. It's peeps, those little marshmallow candies from Easter. They made a stout with that stuff, guys. An amazing beer. It tasted like marshmallows and sweet. It was like a sweet uh, milk stout. Delicious, delicious beer. My hat's off to that uh, brewery. It's only about a year and a half old. Um, Transplant is doing big things out there. They're they're really look them up guys they they go crazy they so many crazy ideas with that brewer um other than that guys uh tap the craft it was a great year appreciate all the information you gave me john keep up the great work and the brewing and and making me laugh uh, danny the content the just thank you you know taking the time out of your out of your family to do this for us you're an amazing person uh just want to wish everybody a merry christmas and a happy new year so once again, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you guys do, and I'm out. Peace. Thank you, Robert, for, uh, for providing that audio clip, and you had some great choices on your beers. Uh, I can honestly say that I, I've only had one of the beers that you mentioned, and that was the great, the honorable mention of the Sierra Nevada Stout of the Union. That was I also enjoyed that beer. That was a pretty good beer. I've had yeah, agreed. A, I've had that one as well. Yeah, that and the Luponic Distortion. Yeah. So the the Luponic Distortion is also a good honorable mention. But it sounds like uh, you've got some great beers in your area. Uh, uh, that watermelon patch sour sounds fantastic, and I'm not sure how you got a hold of the Treehouse Brewing King Julius Double IPA. But uh, that's one that sounds uh, really juicy and one that I need to, to try myself uh, to go along with those Treehouse beers. Uh, so, hey, thank you again for uh, providing your audio. And All right, so now we have our buddy Tim Price. This is, this is the last uh, submission we have. So Tim Price says, hey, guys, I wanted to record a sound clip, but finding a quiet moment to do so was harder than I thought. 
Anyway, here are my top five memorable beers of 2016. And number one comes across, it's the Firestarter Chipotle Porter from Right Brain Brewery out of Traverse City, Michigan. Says it's a solid porter, has a great mouthfeel, a nice burn in the finish that doesn't affect the overall flavor. All right, Firestarter Chipotle Porter. I, I don't know. What, what do you think, John? I, uh, I'm not a big fan of pepper beers or chili beers, but I would try it. Um, how about you? Uh, I actually really like them in dark beers. I think it, it goes well, especially mm-hmm. when you can get some kind of that chocolatey character to yeah. go along with it as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'd be all over this one. Okay. Yeah, I'd try it for sure. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. And then uh, next is the Mango Magnifico from Founders Brewing uh, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is a sweet fruit beer that is again balanced out by a mild pepper flavor and nice burn in the finish <laughs> with the addition of habaneros. Oh my gosh! What what is up with Tim and the the spice? He's he and Jason need to get together. They're both in the uh, Michigan area. They need to get together and and suck up these these chili beers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I I mean, the Mango Magnifico sounds fantastic. And um, I actually like Mango Habanero Salsa. So I might try this beer and I might actually enjoy it because maybe the sweetness of the mangoes and the jalapeno or the habaneros will come across, uh, you know, well. So I'd try it. But if it burns too much, then... Uh, I, I maybe I just need to have a taster of it myself. All right, the next one on this list is the Zays the Zazon from Brewery Vivant from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Vivant is uh, that one. Vivant, I'm calling it Vivant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because I'm not from Michigan. Brewery Vivant, as John says, because he's the expert is an imperial saison with peppercorn and oranges. Has great orange scent in the nose, and early on, that mellows out to a bit of a half, bit, a bit halfway through. Uh, big beer at 10%, but not boozy. Wow, another uh, big imperial saison there with 10% alcohol content. I, I'd try that one for sure. Yep, I'm in. Uh, and then the Springbok IPA from New Holland Brewing. So some more New Holland uh, on the list. Mm -hmm. Uh, A South African IPA uh, that was packed full of citrus flavor. So I consider bringing some home in a growler. (laughs) All right, John, what's a South African IPA? No idea. (laughs) He's got one on us. I don't know South Africa had a special IPA. Uh, Okay. Okay. All right, uh, we'll just leave that one alone because that's new to us. So the last one on this list is Hotbox Brown from Perrin Brewing from Comstock Park, Michigan. Super smooth brown with amazing coffee flavor and aroma. Yep, I could definitely do that beer. Uh, yep. I, I love love me some coffee browns. Yeah. And then this uh, first runner-up is Elf, a winter warmer from Dark Horse Brewing in Marshall, Michigan. Uh, great holiday spice flavor and a dark winter treat. Oh, all right. All right, so 
all of his beers are from Michigan. So he's definitely covered the Michigan uh, territory very well. So thank you, Tim. And uh, we really appreciate you, all, all of our listeners, for uh, providing your lists and uh, being a part of the show for the end of the year. All right, guys, uh, I know we are running a little long, but we do have a couple articles we'll just discuss very quickly. And the first one are, uh, is from uh, the American Homebrewers Association website. It's called Five Beer Clichés We Need to Stop Using. And uh, this was kind of an interesting article, John, that you kind of shot my way. And uh, I, I kind of uh, got a good chuckle out of some of these. Uh, and so let's just go through the, the top five uh, cliches that we should stop using. I'll start with the first one. Uh, we should stop using the, the term brewmaster so loosely. Uh, and, and this guy that wrote this article says, hey, I'm not against the word brewmaster per se, just its liberal use. It says all brewmasters are brewers, but not all brewers are brewmasters, just as not all cooks are Michelin-starred chefs. Uh, very good point. And I think that this, uh, this term, lately especially, has been used a little bit more loosely than it should be because the brewmaster is the master of the brewery, uh, and he has his little, um, you know, helpers helping him out. But those are just brewers, not the brewmaster. What do you think, John? Yeah, this is one I disagree with. Really? Um, and somebody laid it out in the comments um, very well. Uh, is that, you know, brewmaster just means that you're in charge of the brewing operations at the brewery. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the headmaster at a school. Yeah. You know, they're not necessarily the expert in all things, um, yeah. but they're in charge of the school, you know. Uh, so I, I think it's different um, saying brewmaster rather than, like, master brewer. Oh, uh, I see. So, yeah, I, I, I have no problem with the term brewmaster for anybody that, that's doing that okay. kind of thing. Good, so. good points. Good points. Gotcha. Uh, so number two, farmhouse. Uh, do you brew on a farm? Yes then you have a legitimate claim to this word. The rest of us need to work on our creativity. Farmhouse is vague and can mean anything from fermented with uh, Y yeast 3711, which I think is their farmhouse yeast, uh, to this beer tastes the way feet smell. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. Uh, What do you think? Farmhouse, is that overused? No. I I don't think it's overused because it's a it's a, it's, I mean, how can it be overused if it's, uh, if it's coming from the flavor styles of a Saison or Farmhouse L, then it can be called a Farmhouse L. It's just, you know, it has those wild characteristics. Does it necessarily need to be, uh, brewed in a barn with, uh, all the hay and horse dung, you know, floating into it? No, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a problem. Yeah, that. see, this is one where I would say, well, maybe they just need to use the word saison. Saison, yeah, season. you know, but that uh, means rather because farmhouse, uh, you know, to me, it seems more like just trying to latch on to the marketing of like an artisanal product. Yeah, rather than really describe what it is. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I I could get on board with this one. I think it's like it's like using the name Belgian style. Well, Belgian style, there's a lot of different Belgian styles. Which one are you mimicking, right? I mean, 
same thing. Farmhouse can have a lot of variety, but if you if you see a, a, a an ale listed as farmhouse, you know it's going to have certain characteristics that you either like or don't like. So you'll probably stay away from it if you don't like that type of characteristic. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a problem with the farmhouse one. So I'll 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 let that go. How how about the next one? Epic. Uh, the Odyssey and Beowulf are epic. So, uh, again, this is using the name to describe something as epic as description. Now, John, you and I, I don't think we've ever used the name, the word epic in our descriptions, except for when we're talking about epic brewing out of Utah. Uh, <laughs> so is this something that we have a problem with? Uh, no, I no. haven't encountered the overuse of this word or anything like that. So Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if this is really valid. I mean, maybe in... Blog, you know, beer blogs and com, you know, and rate beer and maybe beer advocate. Maybe people are using epic a little bit too much. I don't know, but uh, you and I, we don't use it at all, so I, it doesn't really apply to us. Yeah, and then uh, number four, balanced. Um, <laughs> so it's, okay, I'm not suggesting we expunge this word from our vocabulary altogether. Only that we think about what we mean before we say it. Um, this is balance implies that opposing forces enjoy parity. So when we say they beer is balanced, what do we mean? Um, bitterness versus sweetness, hoppy brightness versus malty depth, carbon dioxide prickliness versus weighty mouthfeel. Uh, keep saying balance by all means, but offer some specificity. Yeah. I, I agree with that last statement. I, I think too. it balances all about context. It is. So it is. And, and I will admit that I am probably one of the ones that doesn't necessarily use it with the, you know, to, to describe exactly what I'm saying is balanced in it. And I need to be better at that myself. Uh, so I can see where, where using this word in the correct way is probably better or don't use it at all. So I'll, I'll, I will try to make, you know, make some changes in my use of it to explain exactly what I mean when I say balanced so it doesn't leave it open-ended. All right, the last one is another one that, you know, you and I, John, don't use liberally at all, and it's crushable. The only thing that gets crushed when I hear a beer called crushable is my soul. No good reason. I just think it sounds silly. And the only time I use the word crushable is like when I'm trying to describe what someone else would tell beer is that's easily drinkable, right? So uh, I don't use crushable very often except for when trying to explain uh, how I want to, you know, that this beer is is uh, easy to drink. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever used that uh, as a descriptor, nor the people that I go drink with. So maybe this is all dependent on your crowd. I don't know. <laughs> and, and here's something that just popped up on my, on my phone from Twitter from our buddy Josh Laney, the best friend. My, my favorite farmer out in, in eastern Washington. He says, man, Denny, your team is crushing it this week. And that's my fantasy football team. So, hey, I'm crushable. There you go. It fit right into the, uh, <laughs> into the topic. <laughs> All right. I, and, uh, okay, one other article really briefly we're going to discuss um, and this was provided to us by our buddy Tim Price. He li he linked it on our uh, Facebook page. And these are some stats from the 2016 Craft Beer Year in Review. And, John, I'm just going to go down to the bottom where they have all these nice pictures. We're not going to go too deep into this, 
we're just going to go ahead and, and roll off some of the stats. So this year in 2016, the brewery count is now 5,005 breweries in the U.S., which is almost 99% are all small and independent craft brewers. Um, wow, that's pretty... A lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. The next one says that uh, the continued growth for the segment, 8% growth for small and independent breweries, which is a bright spot for the domestic beer market. So this is... Yeah, a, I think this has actually uh, slowed down a bit. This has been double digits for a while. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, it was over... It was double digits last year. And keep in mind that the... That this eight percent was calculated as of June thirtieth. I don't know if why June thirtieth is the the key. If maybe we lost some more after June thirtieth, but uh, I think I think they do every six months. They collect numbers from breweries um, to kind of calculate it. Okay. So okay. Um, but yeah, you know the other thing is you've lost some very big, big breweries. Brewers, yeah. Um, so that could factor in. Yeah, and and we were afraid of this, right? We knew that. As they take away some of these major players, you're going to start to see this number decrease just because you don't have, you know, they're no longer in there. So not producing that beer is not going towards your growth; it's actually going against it. Now we can add part of this eight percent is, you know, my local favorite here in in Boise, Payette Brewing. Right? They just increased their uh, brewery capacity by a lot by building a new brewery, so they can be part of that eight percent. But and when you lose people like Laguanitas and uh, Ballast Point and, and some of the other bigger ones, uh, it, 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 it bites a little bit. Um, uh, never go out of style. IPAs reign still. IPAs represent roughly one quarter of the craft volume. And guess what? Sessional styles, including Golden Ales, Pilsners, and Pale Lagers, are up 33%. We're right, John. We called it, right? We, we knew yeah. that 2016 was going to be the year of the sessionable, smaller ABV beers, and it was. 33% increase. That's fantastic. I, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Uh, they also say freedom of choice. Beer drinkers' choice. They love their choice. And it's approximately 65% of craft beer lovers said that they are drinking more craft beer specifically because it offers you more variety. I agree. That's why I drink it. I love craft beer because not only does it taste better, but I get more variety than just the the lagers that they want to sell me, you know, from the big macro brewery. So yeah, choice is good. Yeah, there's a reason I have untapped open at the bottle shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sixteen percent uh, craft beer export has grows has grown uh, four hundred. Let's see, it's it's. Uh, 446,000 barrels and worth $116 million. That's the uh, craft beer export volume. Wow, that is surprising. Where are they exporting this beer to? I mean, what countries are buying all of the craft beer? Uh, Europe's getting some. Um, I know uh, Asia is actually getting quite a bit as well. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, another thing they listed is that uh, beer tourism is big. Um, people are using uh, sites like Travelocity to, uh, to to find out where all the good beer locations are at, at an area they're going to visit and then going and visiting places just to go visit breweries. I do it. 
I mean, I go to a place for a purpose, but I when I go there, I go and visit all the breweries that are there if I can. So, um, and they say that uh, Portland is the number one beer uh, destination. So Portland, Oregon. If you want to go enjoy good craft beer, go to Portland, Oregon. All right, so that is the uh, 2016 Craft Beer in Review. There's a lot more information inside the article. We just briefly covered it because we were running out of time. But if you want to find the link, visit our Facebook page or visit this show. Visit the show notes because I'll have a link in our show notes on the openforumradio.com uh, webpage for this episode. You can click it and go directly to the article and read all about the good stuff. All right, John, we have gone over the two-hour mark, so let's bring this show to a close. But before we do that, uh, it's our opportunity to raise a glass to people we want to raise a glass to, and who do you want to raise your glass to tonight? So uh, I don't know this is so much raise my glass, but more like pour one out Uh um, for 99 Bottles. My favorite bottle shop is officially closed. Really? So, uh, yeah, they... Decided not to renew their lease um, at the center they were at, and uh, after ten years, they are they are closed. Wow! So, sad, sad times for me. They place that really took good care of the beer, and you know, kept everything cold. And uh, you know, that the the big shops now that I think are siphoning a lot of their their customers, like Total Wine and stuff. You know, everything's kept warm. Um, I, I don't buy IPAs from there anymore. I've been burned too many times by something that was actually old, but I didn't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'll have to figure out where I'm going to get my beer from now. Yeah, that sucks. Well, I'll, I'll pour one out for 99 Balls, too. I, I visited there a couple times, picked up some great beers. I will admit that the uh, the guy behind the counter wasn't the most uh, friendly or helpful, but maybe he knew he his job was uh, coming to a close. So, I'll, mm, I'll give him the no, there was one guy there that yeah, he was a uh, kind of a sourpuss. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> the other folks were all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, hey, I uh, I want to raise my glass to our buddy Chris McKenzie. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. Thank you for all you do for Tap the Craft, for our Facebook page, and for all the great articles you post there. And uh, happy birthday and enjoy a beer on us. Uh, John will send you uh, some beer. (laughs) 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 I I also want to raise raise my glass to all our new listeners out there. Thank you for listening. And let us know. Provide us feedback. Uh, let us know what you like, what you uh, don't like, and what you want to hear more of uh, so we can make the show better. We really appreciate that. And uh, also, I want to just mention that uh, since John will be out in Ohio during the holidays, that I've decided to gift him a night off from the show so he can focus on time with his family. So I need a co-host for the first show of 2017, releasing on January 5th. So please let me know if you want to join me that week, and we can uh, talk beer together. So we'll have a guest host. So uh, hit me up on Twitter, email, whatever, and uh, we'll get together and we'll chat about beer. Also, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. 
Um, you know, I know that during the holiday times, it is very, very tough on both the families and the servicemen and women. And I just want to raise my glass to you. And I hope that you're able to come home very soon. And again, because John will not be with us on our next episode, we're going to go ahead and postpone our tasting notes segment for the show after that. So there will be no tasting notes segment for next show. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be followed on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped, Prime WA, and uh, supposedly homebrewengineer.com is a place you can find out about Okay, my brewing. But... Uh, yeah, the starts that I had that I mentioned before, holiday stuff has just gotten in the way. I haven't gotten around to finishing anything. So No problem. Who knows? No problem. Who knows? Maybe I'll surprise. Yeah, well, you can always make it a 2017 uh, beer resolution that you'll post more on homebrewengineer.com. Yeah, that's what I said last year, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please... Tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn or Google Play or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Okay, I'm back. All right. Man, I already finished the beer in the time you took. Yeah, well, Kristen heard me uh, moving around, and she needed more beer. So I <laughs> had to go get her glass and get her some more beer. Oh, she dude. learned her lesson after getting uh, scolded last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you did that for her. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a uh, wrapping Christmas oh. presents, So, Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. All right, you ready to jump back into this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. and I, sorry to disappoint, but I did not go with the Roche for eight. Oh, so. what'd you go with? Uh, some porter, homebrew porter. Homebrew porter? So. Okay, I'll do that. I'm doing I'm doing uh, Jubilee. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Which I just had this year's version for the first time last night. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I also learned that there's a thing called a Jubal Bomb. What's that? Um where you have a jubile ale and you drop a shot of whiskey or something into it. Um, yeah. No, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Sorry. Yeah, I uh, did not sign up to do that either. <laughs> You're a smart man. <laughs>